1990, something happened that I've uh, been hoping and praying for for a long time. <clears throat> Bo, our firstborn, was three. I was 27, and my dad was 52, the same age I am now. My dad had smoked for many years, starting when he went in the Navy when he was 17. And so we had talked to him and, and were concerned about uh, the health effects of the smoking that it would have on him. <clears throat> Bo was the first grandchild for my parents. And my dad and Bo went one day in the truck somewhere. I don't remember where they went. Uh, but my dad told me later, Bo looked over at him, and as three-year-olds do, they kind of mangle their words. But, but he said to him, Papa, you moke? Papa, do you smoke is what he was asking. And maybe because my dad had matured to the point where he was motivated more by love than fear, I think because my daddy told me later, realized that, that he was an example for my son, his grandson. He stopped smoking that day and has, for 25 years, not smoked. We are imitators by nature, us human beings. We learn subconsciously by watching those around us, and particularly those who are close to us, those that we love, we tend to imitate. So it's very important for us to understand that, that people are looking at us. Now, not just if we're parents. It, it, you have any kind of relationships with anybody. If you're a student, if you're at a business working, any place that you go, there will be people looking at you. It's funny how we do that. Beth can tell me, she can tell me when the phone rings after a couple of minutes, she can tell if I'm talking to my dad or not because I start mimicking the rural Georgia accent and words without even, I don't think to do it. I don't mean to do it, but we do that. That's what the passage we've come to today in our study, Body Life, they're looking through Ephesians, that's what it's telling us is that we need to be conscious of whom we imitate. We need to be conscious of the witness that we have. We need to understand that, that God's ideal for us is, yes, that we do emulate him, that we do imitate him and his firstborn, his son Jesus. We imitate him like father, like child. That he wants us to grow from being about self to growing to be about the kingdom, to growing to be about a following after Christ, pleasing Christ in the choices that we make, in the ways that we live. This passage is about being like my heavenly father. And I think it teaches us that we can do that in two ways, choices that we make, commitments that we make. The first is this, to be like my heavenly father, I will walk in love. I will walk in love. Notice what it says in verses 1 and 2. It makes clear this theme of imitating, but we are to imitate the Savior. We are to imitate Jesus, the firstborn, if we want to please God. If we want to be like God, we want to live like, we want to love like his son. Verses 1 and 2. 
Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave us himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. As I said, I believe my dad had matured to the point where his motivation was more love than fear. I will tell you, a lot of times uh, that is a growth process that needs to happen in our life. You see, we perhaps are motivated to do some things, to not do some things because of fear. And that is a motivator, but it's not the most powerful motivator. That is, we become a Christian, uh, perhaps originally, because we don't want to go to hell. That's motivation by fear. But hopefully we grow to the point where instead of worrying about or thinking about, I'm a Christian because I don't want to be punished, we instead think, I'm a Christian because I want to, to be the best I can be. I want to, to live like the one in whose image I'm created. I'm, I'm, I want to love God in the way that I live. But much more powerful motivator. Here, we're to live this life of love. And did you notice what is at the heart of love? It is self-sacrifice. At the heart of love is is unconditional love. That's the word in Greek that we read there, agape love. I've told you before, there are four words in Greek for love. Uh, there's a word for brotherly love. There's a word for romantic love. There's a word for family love. And then there's a word for unconditional, sacrificial love. That word is agape in Greek. That's what he's saying here. We see it in other places, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But understand, Jesus had a choice to make. It wasn't as if God made the choice for him, but because Jesus, by his nature, he is love. Because he is love, he chose to give himself up. The Bible tells us in 1 John, greater love had no person than this then they lay down their lives for their friends listen you have a choice in the way you live it can be about you and about what you want or it can be laid down for others you see i think sometimes we take about those grand sacrifices uh, that they lay down his life for his friend we think that means i need to die for my friend if i truly love them but how often are you called to sacrifice your life literally for someone? Instead, maybe we need to reframe it and think about this. Instead of doing what we want, we do what's in the best interest of those that we love on a daily basis, right? So if we're parents, we sacrifice what we want to do. We sacrifice our interests to put our kids above ourselves because we love them, agape. We unconditionally love them. You're in a workplace. You have friends, co-workers around you that aren't Christians. And they, maybe they do things and say things that, that aggravate you. Selfishly, you want to fire back. Selfishly, you want to get even if they wrong you. But as Christ works in you, as you, you want to love like Christ, 
as you want to walk like Christ. Instead, you sacrifice the right to get even. You sacrifice the right to get back. You love even your enemies, as the word tells us to do. See, that's walking like Jesus. And what, what's the result? Did you catch that? The, the father is pleased by the smell of sacrificial love. He's pleased by the smell of, of his children walking not for their interests, but for the interest of others. It's a sweet smell to him. What is it about uh, perfume and cologne today? Every celebrity thinks they got to come out with a, a perfume or cologne, right? So what is it that we, I mean, we just fall into that, I guess. Because somebody can throw a football a long way, we think they can tell us what to smell like. And please, whatever you do, if you buy that stuff, don't put too much on. And that's, y'all ever been there where your eyes started watering when somebody walked by? Now, I'm mentioning names. Somebody walked by. And, but celebrities putting out cologne have no idea. <laughs> what, there's no connection between being good at a sport or good at singing and knowing what smells good. But what smells good to God is not even a nasal activity. It's, it's sacrifice. It's loving service to others. It's why we say here a mark of a disciple is to love to serve, to love to sacrificially invest ourselves. And that's what he says here. If we want to walk in love, then we're going to imitate Jesus. We're going to sacrifice like Jesus. Secondly, walking in love means I avoid sinful choices. I avoid sinful choices. <clears throat> the scripture says, but among you there must be not even a hint of sexual morality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, a coarse talk, coarse, a foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure: no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If God is at work in us, uh, then we're going to grow to turn away from those things of the darkness, those things of the world. Whether they're entertainment, movies, music, whether they're uh, choices that we make to, to engage in short-term pleasure with someone else or with some substance, we turn away from that. Listen, if everybody is watching you, and they are, one of the best ways... You can have an impact, an influence on them is, is by choosing to turn away from that of the world. Choosing to turn away from that, that short-term interest thing and put their interests before your own. You know, I, I told you uh, as my dad made that choice to stop smoking, that had a powerful influence on me. As I realized any children that I had would be, uh, they would be watching me. You know, my children have never heard me cuss. They've never seen me smoke. They've never heard me drink or never heard me say anything. Uh, yeah, how do you hear somebody drink? I don't gulp. They've never seen me uh, smoke. They've never seen me take any illicit substances into my body. 
all of which things I've done. But thank God I grew beyond that. I will tell you I'm still a work in progress, though. They have seen me get angry for things that really don't matter. They have seen me... Uh, <laughs> they <clears throat> they see me not take care of my body like I should. You know, nobody should eat 10 ribs at rib crib, really. <laughs> sorry, sorry to be picking on you, anybody, but, you know, that's, that's it. They, they've seen me... Uh, do things <clears throat> that had a negative impact on others. I want to correct that. I want God to gradually change me and turn me away from that. And, and so I hold that out to you as an example. See, here's the thing. If you are dedicated to the process, you can hide in your life choices. You can hide in your life giving in to temptation to do things that don't glorify God, that don't benefit your body. I would guess in a room this size, there are many of us that have secrets that no one knows or we've kept under wraps at least for now. Choices of things of the world, a habit that nobody knows about, but those habits, as we give in to them, they have an effect. They have an effect internally. They will have an effect externally as it becomes known. See, if I walk in love, I'm going to turn away from darkness. I mean, I'm going to turn away from, even if I think I can keep it a secret, I'm going to turn away from that thing because I know that God knows about it. I know that if it were found out, it would have a tremendous negative effect on those that I love. So I turn away. What is it that you need to shut down in your life if you truly love the people around you? What is it you need to shut down in your life, get rid of in your life, if you love God? Third way we walk in love is we listen to the right people. I listen to the right people. Verses 6 and 7. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. There are lots of empty words in our world today. You know, much like I was talking about with uh, colognes and perfumes and celebrities, also we tend to do that with celebrities today, right? I mean, somebody, some athlete comes out and makes this statement of, of philosophical belief and and we're like oh yeah he said it so i'm gonna do it why is it we give all those entertainers all that airtime to tell us their empty philosophies but it's not just those in the world the bible says in the new testament there will be many false teachers that come in the flock like wolves among sheep looking to lead people astray that's why it's so important for us to know and to focus on the words of God. I'm telling you, as I speak on Sundays, I encourage you to have your Bibles. I encourage you to be checking out what I'm saying. Because what I'm trying to do is bring the truth of God's word into this place, that our lives might be transformed, that we might 
No longer, as it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, we might no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but we might be transformed by the renewing of our minds. How do your minds get renewed? How do they get transformed? It is about the true words of God. It's not about the empty words of the world. See, those things lead us astray. You ever had that moment where you wake up and you're like, I've believed this thing for many years and, and it was a lie. It was untrue. And it caused me great pain and heartache. Charles Barkley some years ago, y'all know Charles Barkley, was a great NBA player. Now he's an NBA commentator. He actually came out and said, listen, y'all say I'm a role model. I'm not your role model. Because I'm an athlete doesn't mean I need to be a role model. You don't need to put up on a pedestal uh, famous athletes, famous entertainers. He's exactly right. He's exactly right. Look to the people who walk in sacrificial agape love. Look to the words of God for truth about how to live your life, the choices that you make. (laughs) And then... You're on the right track. Then you see the path of the Savior. We walk in love if we want to be like our Heavenly Father. Secondly, this passage teaches us if we want to be like our Heavenly Father, we walk in light. I walk in light. What do I mean by that? Plato said that we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. Instead of trusting Christ, Modern-day thinkers, modern-day philosophers insist on using human wisdom alone uh, for answers to eternal questions. If we don't want to be led astray, we sure do not need to listen to the wisdom of the world. We need to to focus on hearing uh, the words of God. We need to look for the light of God. Jesus came and said in John that I'm the light of the world. He gives us direction. He gives us a focused course to to set out on in life. We keep our eyes on the light. There's lots of darkness around us. But thankfully, God, as he comes to, to us, as we confess our sin, as we repent of our sin, as we call on the name of the Lord to be saved, we trust in faith that Jesus is the Son of God, we receive the forgiveness of our sins and the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, we can walk in light by allowing the fruits of the Spirit to take hold, to take seed and to grow from within. God gives us his Holy Spirit to produce in us, I think, these fruit. His Spirit leads us. His Spirit produces in us this fruit. He puts it this way in Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. <clears throat> For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. In other words, you once were selfish, but now you put Jesus first. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Where do those things come from? Goodness, righteousness, and truth from the Holy Spirit living in you, emanating from you. And find, next, And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out, spend your life allowing God through his spirit, through his word, the spirit and the word work together. The spirit to 
allow you to understand the truth and to live by the truth, but to to show uh, that fruit out from amongst you. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 puts that fruit of the Spirit a little differently. It gives us a longer list, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, agape again, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. God takes us as we're serious about putting him first, and he, he changes us from the inside out. He can produce in us that fruit. For every fruit of the Spirit, there's an opposite, isn't there? Instead of love, some would say there's hate. I would say the opposite of love is apathy. Instead of joy, there is gloom, and so on. You can see every one, the Spirit of the world versus the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us this fruit. We're to produce that. We're to shine that. We're to to have that witness amongst everyone around us. Adrian Rogers tells of some gold prospectors who discovered an exceptionally rich mine. One of them said, hey, we've got it made as long as we don't tell anybody else before we stake our claims. It took a little, it takes a little while to stake a claim for a gold mine. So they each vowed to keep a secret, but they were low on supplies, so they had to go to town to get more tools and provisions. After buying all the supplies they needed, they hurried back to their site. But they were dismayed that this huge crowd would not be dissuaded from following them back to where they needed to go. This crowd of people followed not because of anything they had said. No one had spilled the beans, but that because they could see the discovery on their faces. Nonverbal communication. See, it's important for us to understand that we don't just put on, we don't just say the words of God, but they need to be accompanied by our nonverbal fruit of the Spirit coming out of us. Does that make sense? If we're trying to fake being a Christian, it won't have near the same impact as authentic, spirit-filled, fruit-filled Christianity. Fruit-filled walk, a fruit-filled witness. Does that make sense? We said goodbye, see you later, to a lady, a wonderful lady in the church this week. Friday morning, we buried Juanita Horner. Juanita, 94 years old. She'd served the Lord in many ministries across the Midwest. And Juanita was one of these ladies that, I mean, she, when she smiled as you talked with her, she just radiated this joy. She, she had this fruit because she'd walked with the Lord so long that he was first in her life. And, and what a great witness. Every time I went around her, I, I felt uplifted. I felt like I'd been in the presence of light. So also, you can have that. Listen, today maybe you're thinking about, well, I've got so far to go. Maybe you're thinking about, well, I do have this secret hidden habit. Uh, Listen, if you give that to the Lord, if you allow him each day to be in control, if you allow him each day to, as I said to you last week, you say, Lord, let your spirit lead me, let me get out of the way. If you allow the Holy Spirit and his fruit to come from within and outside of you, then you're going to have a great witness wherever you go. You're going to be light where there is much darkness. 
our world is in trouble because there's much darkness and it masquerades as light. It masquerades as truth. You see, it's important not only to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, it's also important to expose the fruit of darkness. And that's what this passage says. Verses 11 through 14, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It is vital for us to bring the truth of God's word to bear in our own lives. For us to choose to do what is light and not what is dark. But even more, we need to be able to speak to the darkness. We need to be able to clearly show what it is we believe. A girl that worked in a, a factory, she went to her pastor because she had just she was just worn out. She's one of the only Christians in the workplace, and, and she said, uh, they just make fun of me. Pastor, they, I try and I try to, to be a good witness. I try and try to, to show the light of Christ, and, and they just make fun of me. And, and the pastor said to her, take heart. Take heart. Whatsoever a person sows, they shall reap. You please God every day with your life, and there will be positive consequences. And so she went back, and every day wanted the Spirit to lead her. And in a short time, nine of her coworkers came to Christ. Trust me, this is the true Word of God. If you will choose not to be about self, but to seek to please Christ because you love him. Not because you fear him, but because you love him. If you will choose to turn away from deeds of darkness, from things of the world, and instead fill your life with deeds of light, seeking to let the fruit of the Spirit live through you and in you, you will have an impact. You will have an influence. There will be positive consequences Children are the best hypocrisy readers ever. If you want to know the truth, just ask a child. They know what's fake and what's real. And if we want to raise godly children, then we need to be real before God. We need to be the light. And when they go out into the darkness, they'll be able to find their way home. You know, I was talking about the Bible saying that there will be even those who claim to speak for God, false teachers commenced among the church. The Bible likens them to wolves among sheep. It's a curious fact that wolves, not only wolves, but most predators, they can't stand fire. They're afraid of getting burned, right? So when people find themselves, either by way of choice, by camping, 
or by way of some accident, they find themselves stuck in the wilderness and they're surrounded by predators, what is it they do? They build a fire. And a lot of times they stay up through the night to keep that fire stoked because as the fire dims, as it grows colder, those predators get bolder. And so what's the inference? Your fire needs to be brown, it needs to be burning as hard and high as it can be. <laughs> Your fire needs to be as bright and as light as it can be. And even more, I would suggest that we're not just defenders. We need to go on the offensive as well. What do I mean by that? If you know somebody around you is struggling, you take the light to them and lead them to the fire. <laughs> it's amazing what one person can do that walks in love, walks in light. May each of us be that one person in our homes, in our neighborhoods, at our workplace, at our schools, and watch what the Lord does. Father, we thank you for this time to think about our influence. As we think, we think about those that have been examples for us that we've imitated. I pray today that we've not been condemned, but we have been convicted. If there are things in our life that are harming our witness, things in our life that are selfish, things in our life that are dark. I pray today we confess those, we expose those to you. You might help us to choose to walk away from those habits, from those temptations. For it is so vital, it is life and death that, that we walk in love and we walk in light. Because people are watching us. I pray today that we see that we can change. You would show us the way. You'd give us the courage. You'd give us the victory. Not just today, but every day. Let us be committed. Let us be dedicated to putting you first. And I love to see what you'll do. As we, we put you first, then you'll be glorified. You'll be lifted up and many will be saved. Thank you, Father, for your hope, for your encouragement. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your light. I thank you for your love that you show us in Jesus Christ, your son. Let us be like him. I pray in his name. Amen. This ministry time.